0: Welcome to today's edition of the Rush 24-7 Podcast.
1: And let me welcome you and just thank you and Team EIB, Rush Limbaugh himself, for having me here. This is just an unspeakably huge honor, uh, and it always is going to be. So let me ask you this, At, uh, 800-282-2882, if you want to join the program. How are you enjoying being impeached? How are you enjoying having the Democrats and the media impeach you? Because they are doing that. They are impeaching us. Right. Clearly, the president's on trial. Clearly, we know where this is going to go. Vote wise. Clearly, we know the game. But they're impeaching us. They're impeaching your vote for Donald Trump. And they're impeaching this as they also impeach your intelligence, your hindsight, your memory, your judgment. They're impeaching your intelligence by daring to imagine that you don't understand the game or daring to imagine that you don't understand the media's position on this. So they're impeaching us in that way. They're impeaching our memory. All of us watched the greatest public money laundering scheme in the history of politics, the Clinton Foundation. Everybody knows that was paid for play. Everybody knows that the ambassador, um, Christopher, Christopher Stevens, late ambassador, Benghazi, did not have direct dial access to Hillary Clinton, but Hollywood stars did, had direct access to her because they were... Friends of Bill, FOB, that was the designation in the State Department for people who got special treatment, FOB, friend of Bill. So they're, in t- they're impeaching our memories, that we don't remember that, right? And the media is impeaching our day-to-day intelligence, our day-to-day discernment, that we don't see how far out they are on the side of the Democrats on this, and it is clearly obvious that they are. So you yourself are being impeached, so what's your response going to be? I know you're going to go to the ballot box. I know you're going to do that. I know you're going to vote for this president. I know you're going to vote for conservatives up and down the uh, the the, the, uh, the ballots. I know that. And you know that, too. But how about drawing your friends into this? And how about now becoming a vote recruiter because you're being impeached? Your vote is being impeached. Everything about your judgment. The idea that you expect a perfect vessel to inhabit the White House, or that we view the Congress of the United States as a temple. We'll get into that later. One of the protesters that made it in actually was saying, oh, it's, it's a temple, right? Jesus would have turned over the tables. We're to believe that somehow this is the reality for the rest of us when it's in fact the media's built reality. I want to start with something John Roberts said. So John Roberts, as you know, went out and admonished the Senate for their behavior. So this was shortly before 1 a.m., And it was after midnight, Tuesday, Washington, D.C., the Senate floor. And during the impeachment trial of President Trump and of you, Chief Justice John Roberts later said this.
2: It is appropriate at this point for me to admonish both the House managers and the President's Council in equal terms uh, to remember that they are addressing the world's greatest deliberative body. One reason it has earned that title is because its members avoid speaking in a manner and using language that is not conducive to civil discourse. In the 1905 Swain trial, a senator objected when one of the managers used the word pettifogging, and the presiding officer said the word ought not to have been used. I don't think we need to aspire to that high a standard, but I do think those addressing the Senate should remember where they are.
1: Indeed, let's remember where we are, and let's remember. Wouldn't that be nice if, if in fact, we could be that civil? Wouldn't that be nice? Where are we at? I hear Justice Roberts, and incidentally, I don't trust him. Ever since the two times he pretended Obamacare constitutional with just bizarre rulings, bizarre, uh, indefensible rulings, uh, I don't trust him. But wouldn't it be nice if we were in this civil, you know, state of tone? But l- let me ask you this: How important is civility when you're impeaching someone? With no laws broken. When you are bringing to trial someone, the president of the United States, you don't have a single law the president has broken. So how, how important then is civility? Right. Is it, in fact, just the dressing on the cake? I know Roberts is said to be very, very concerned about the Supreme Court not being seen as partisan. So therefore, he pretends Obamacare is constitutional, but they're impeaching our memory. that We don't remember that. I hope this doesn't mean that Roberts is going to get deeply involved in this because they don't trust him. But there are some signs the Democrats see this as an opportunity to convince John Roberts to rule against President Trump in Supreme Court hearings. So we're going to get to that as well. So how are you enjoying being impeached? 800-282-2882. The other portion of this that is so just remarkable to watch is the overstatements, the hyperventilating uh, by the media. So ABC News, <laughs> ABC News says this could be the end of democracy. Really? Really? This could be the end of democracy? Well, so it's Tuesday, an ABC special coverage of the impeachment trial of the president. So it's a it's a special uh, break in the trial. So the anchor, George Stephanopoulos, who, by the way, was one of the biggest setup artists against Republicans ever when he had the Sandra Fluck thing, right, when he set that up. So he says to ABC contributor Melissa Murray. And of course, we've seen the Justice Department having guidance that a sitting president cannot be indicted in the argument from one of the president's private attorneys, even if he did shoot somebody in Fifth Avenue. That is not something that could be investigated and prosecuted while he's in office.
3: Again, this is the big question. Is the president going to be above the law? And that's the whole point of this impeachment hearing. Right? We're supposed to use impeachment as a last resort against abuses of powers that can't be checked in the ordinary political process or the ordinary judicial process. And that's where we are and the whole question of whether the president can stole all every avenue of resolution is one that this body has to take seriously because if they can't resolve it here then we don't have a democracy we have something else
1: wait a minute she said that this is about the rule of law (laughs) which laws there are no laws quoted in the article of impeachment nothing from the federal registry you know this so here she is impeaching your intelligence by telling you that an impeachment trial Wherein the accused is literally accused of breaking zero laws is about the rule of law. Yes, this is a proper impeachment proceeding in that they went through the political process. Impeachment is political. We know that. But she is impeaching your intelligence by saying that this is about the rule of law. It's about the rule of opinion. And I've said before on Russia's show, you take this to the real world. I got. I've been all of a sudden getting checked um, when I travel, when I fly. All of a sudden, I'm getting the uh, very, very intimate, you know, uh, loving caress of Department of Homeland Security when I travel. It's never happened to me before, and I travel a lot. Um, so I, I've been getting the, um, you know, the real, real intimate treatment of late. Three times in a row now on airplanes. Is that rule of law or is that rule of feeling? Because in the real world. If you ask a police officer, why have I been pulled over? And the police officer says, I don't know. I just didn't like the way you're driving. it's, It's no specific law. I just thought you're obstructing traffic. That is how a democracy or a republic ends. Because when you don't have rules, you have rulers. Right. That's the way that works. When you are not operating by a system of rules, you are operating by the whims of rulers. But ABC News wants us to think. That this is about the rule of law when there are no laws being broken. And then there's this. If you want to speak about the end of what they call a democracy, what some of us still lovingly think of as uh, as a republic, then think of a press, an independent press, that is literally sacrificing its ability to warn the American people. Now think of this. I know that the media is far off on the left. You know they're far off on the left. And yet we need a system of a curious, skeptical, you know, vicious press to go after both sides to track government misdeeds. But right now, the Democrats own the national media and a lot of the local media, and you know this. But how dangerous is it that they have now sacrificed their credibility on the altar of hatred for Donald Trump, and frankly, hatred for your votes, and frankly, hatred for your judgment, and frankly, hatred for your way of life, that they are now incapable of warning the United States of America about anything for at least half of us. At least half of us are skeptical of everything we hear from the media. In fact, when it's about the president, how long do you wait? When I see news about the president, I wait three days. Now, it's not biblical necessarily, but I wait three days to see what's the complete story going to be. right? Because CNN, CNN, they're obviously the worst at this. They've completely sacrificed ratings and everything else on this banner of hating Trump. So they live in this bubble and they think that the, the Democrat strategy, they think it's working great. They have no idea how this is seen by us, the actual real people. They just don't see it. Right? So they can go and go on air with all sorts of hyperbole, all sorts of things gushing over the Democrat strategy. That they are going to tell you the Democrats are acting wisely. They're going to tell you that they're beating McConnell. Do you think McConnell's getting beat? Do you think McConnell has played this straight? So the impeachment is the president of the United States on trial. But the focus is you. You are the focus of this. You are the ones being impeached. Your intelligence You decided to vote for President Trump for a reason. Your judgment, you support him. You may not agree with everything he does. He's a human being. You're a human being. You may well agree with everything he does. They're impeaching that intelligence, that discernment. They're impeaching your memory, your capability to look back in recent American history and say, this is corruption? Hunter Biden, James Biden, right? It's Frank Biden, Frank and Jesse. Sound familiar? Jesse James, Frank James. Go back and look at that, that they are impeaching your intelligence and your memory that you don't remember recent American history. So you are being impeached as much as the president of the United States is being impeached. Want to get to your phone calls as we continue? It's Todd Herman. My honor to fill in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Hey, it's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. you got to get over to RushLimbaugh.com and get a 24-7 membership and pick up the Limbaugh letter. You're not truly ditto heads until you've done these things. The membership gets you Rush every time, anytime, anywhere. The archive of stuff in the Limbaugh letter presents Rush in a different form. Uh, Some interviews and some very, very interesting conversations he has with a whole bunch of leading conservatives who understand they're sitting down with a guy who leads a conservative movement. So go to RushLimbaugh.com and get those things so you're being impeached it's not just the president your vote your intelligence your judgment your discernments your faith we'll get into that later that's being impeached and the media is so far gone that they in fact they've impeached themselves if you think about it that way they've actually impeached their credibility to a point where they are impotent to warn the american people or at least half of us of anything actually serious because they've gone so far in this you saw cnn absolutely gushing over what they consider to be the Democrats' smart strategy. So they live in a bubble. We know this. They think Democrat strategies working great. They just simply have no idea how we, the real people, see this. They
4: didn't go to process. They laid out the case behind the whole effort at a night which is probably going to get one of the biggest audiences first time the the senators have heard all of that and i thought they were very smart to go for that and for the witnesses they've created a situation now that it's just going to be a hard call if you call if the republicans now vote to call witnesses they're voting for the unpredictable but if they don't go for witnesses they got 70 percent of the country who thinks they're wrong that's not a very good choice
3: There's a political strategy here, right? It's they want any persuadable voter that's out there to see that the Republicans aren't looking for a fair trial, that they aren't doing what's typical in any kind of impeachment, which is to have witnesses and to have documents and, you know, and to convince people that they're engaging in a cover up. And
1: yet the president's approval ratings continue to go up. They continue to go up during all of this, right? They don't see that. And coming up later in the show, speaking about the media and their involvement in this and the political strategy, you know what the Democrats don't want to see is Peter Schweitzer's new book and his detailed unfolding of the Biden crime family. It is absolutely remarkable. 800 282 Todd Herman filling in for Roche Limbaugh. Let's go to Ron in Austin, Texas. Ron, you're on uh, the EIB network. Todd Herman filling in.
5: Thank you for taking my call. It's a pleasure to be on with you. Hey, I... I am responding to your question as how do we feel about being impeached and along with the president. But I think it's even worse than that. Not only is it insulting to us, anybody that has half a brain, but I think it's much deeper. I think that they are not only impeaching him and us, they are impeaching the concept, the principles that this country was founded on. They're basically impeaching the Constitution. There is a push to change this country profoundly. And I think it's much deeper than just him and you or I right now. This is a massive uh, paradigm shift. They are trying to impeach this entire country and its founding principles. And I have a question if you if you have time for that, but I'll let you respond to that.
1: Yeah, please, Ron. Go ahead.
5: The other question is, I think that now that Donald Trump has done such an amazing job at shining the biggest flashlight ever on the way the government works, and he's exposing all the corruption, I honestly believe that this is the time where we are seeing the government for what it really is. And so I think that this gives us a moment... To maybe make a couple of changes, a couple of amendments to our constitution. Speaking of the constitution, and that is one that I don't think there should ever be an impeachment uh, trial that goes forward with a partisan uh, vote. It should never happen that way because it means it's it's never going to uh, go through any further than that. So it's a ridiculous thing to put the country through. So there should be some sort of maybe five to ten from the other side that have to vote with it that let the uh, the uh, articles even go to the house, to the to the Senate. And secondly, um, if there is um, A better example of why we need term limits, I think it is this, the people that are stuck there forever, the corrupt corrupt criminal career uh, politicians, they are trying to say the president is only uh, temporary, we're here forever, and we make the rules. I think those two things have to really be addressed now, now that we really see what's going on.
1: So let me take him in reverse order. Let me First of all, thank you for the call, Ron. Let me take him in reverse order. Um, in terms of the Constitutional Amendment, super hard, very difficult to get done. But how about this? How about if we look at the positive side of this? That we are, in fact, seeing the Democrats for what they are. We are seeing the process. We are seeing that Hunter Biden is scared to death to testify. Joe Biden doesn't want to testify. He doesn't want to go under oath. He can't go under oath and talk about his brother Frank and his brother James. He can't talk about his son-in-law. He cannot go on record. If you've read Schweitzer's book, and we're going to talk about that, coming in the next segment, it is absolutely evident that they've made tens of millions of dollars, in my judgment, out of government money. So I like what you're saying about this showing the corruption. In terms of the careerists, it's not just the politicians. They are, in fact, I think you're saying that, we're going to talk later in the show about the so-called whistleblower and the people who surrounded that whistleblower and what they were saying from the moment you elected Donald Trump. They started impeaching your vote in their minds the moment you elected Donald Trump. Let's go to Linda, Cooper City, Florida. You're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman filling in. Linda, welcome to Rush's show. It's good to hear from you.
3: Hi, thank you. I just want to say that uh, Justice Roberts, uh, the, the uh, civility issue, uh, I find it highly convenient and suspicious that he didn't seem to have a problem when Shifty Shift was calling Trump a liar over and over again in his opening statements. And yet when the Republicans came out then and started talking about some of their facts that they saw as uh, being unscrupulous, then he had a problem with civility. So I, I think Justice Roberts. May have something. They, the Dems may have something on him, and that's why he he uh, continually disappoints conservatives.
1: Well, and not just conservatives, but the you know, constitutionalists are people who value uh, the actual rule of law. Roberts disappointed. So Let me ask you this: When you're getting mugged by somebody, when someone's stealing your your purse or your money, do you prefer that they're polite or mean, or, or do you care really when they're robbing you? Do you, do you care if your robber is oh, polite no. or? or... <laughs>
3: so that's what i'm gonna gonna put out all the force i have to defend myself
1: (laughs) i'm sure you will i'm sure you will and that's what you know it's so fascinating to see robert say it's the decorum that matters be nice while you're mugging the constitution be nice while you're impeaching um the votes of the american people appreciate your call thank you linda cindy mount vernon ohio you're on the rush limbaugh program todd herman filling in hi cindy
3: Hi, Todd. Uh, The Americans are being held hostage by a lawless mob in Washington who spend, you know, they spelt justice, truth, and solemn duty to the Constitution when their entire agenda is one of pure hate for Donald Trump and the people who voted for him. And I have had it, I I, I don't even know how to express my anger and my rage at these people for lying cheating and doing they don't care they do anything yep. possible yep to destroy it's, us along with our president and i agree that, that's what i have to say <laughs> all right
1: cindy just let, let me thank you for calling make this suggestion after you're done with russia's show then get out and recruit more voters recruit 10 cindy's and we're going to change this thing it's todd herman filling in for russia limbaugh on the eib network Indeed it is, Todd Herman, my honor, privilege to fill in for Rush Limbaugh. You're being impeached. This is just so remarkable to me as I step back and try to be an observer of this and try to be what I call a curious observer of all of this. That we, in fact, our intelligence, our judgment, our discernment, our memory of recent events, these things are all being impeached. And we're not to notice. We're to pretend that this is all very, very ordinary. In fact, we're pret- we're to pretend that on the scope of, let's say, possible harms, because there's no crimes in impeachment. Let's say that there was one day of harm to the Ukraine, even though there wasn't. Let's just say that there was one day of harm, that this in some way stands up to course of business in Washington, D.C., We're going to get into that because Peter Schweitzer has a book out called Profiles in Corruption that absolutely takes all the covering off of Amtrak Joe Biden and gets down to the actual crime family that is the Biden family. McConnell is continuing now to really frustrate the Democrats. Some conservatives are frustrated with him. Some conservatives. In fact, I think the president, I think President Trump would love to see witnesses. I think he would love it to have this go out. In fact, I think he said that president would like to go the long way in this. Wouldn't you? If you were the actual target, and we're all being impeached, but if you were the actual target of this nonsense, wouldn't you want to see Hunter Biden and James Biden and all these others under under? Uh, oath? By the way, there is a strong argument to be made that the Democrats have actually opened the door to making Adam Schiff a witness. They're, they themselves may have opened this door. Will McConnell take advantage of this door to bring Schiff in as a witness? Can you imagine the shift show, all of a sudden, he's Truman in his own Truman Show. I would love this. Talk to Scott in Denver, Colorado. Scott, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Is Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Scott.
4: Hi. Um, well, you kind of just went over my question, but I was I was really curious about what you thought about the, the Senate dropping the pretense of, of the Democrats' uh, impeachment hearing and, and just going after their corruption and, and everything and just, just using the impeachment to go after them.
1: Well, I would love to see them do that, and they have to, of course, acquit the president, but what you're asking them to do is to take this opportunity where eyes are on this, even bored eyes, because some Americans are so bored with this, which I find astonishing but that you're saying that they shine this light of corruption on them. Do you think McConnell – let me ask you this question about the Senate. Do you think McConnell would do that to his dear, dear friends in the Senate and his dear colleagues, or do you think McConnell has gotten the sniff of the fact that the Democrats, they're not really talking about elections anymore? In my judgment, they're sort of talking about revolution. Do you think Mitch now gets that?
4: I I don't think he gets it yet. I I think he – I think when he does get it, he would have to – use the opportunity to go after them harder,
1: but right, exactly. I, I, I don't see him getting it yet. No, and this is the thing, and I don't think he does. I think you're exactly right, Scott. That's exactly right. Thank you for the call. They don't get it. And there is something that I encourage you to do. If you if you are ever in the position to take a vacation, go to liberal cities, go to Baltimore, go up the street to Baltimore if you're in Washington, D.C., and there's some beautiful areas, but see what leftism has wrought. Because this is a perfect example of leftism. Perfect example of what they're doing to the country in this impeachment. Let me give you this example. So in cities like Portland or in cities like Baltimore, you can be a business owner and you don't have um, your sign on the sidewalk in a proper place. or Or in cases of cities like San Francisco, you're caught selling plastic straws. You could be in your business as the authorities are there ticketing you Finding you, telling you you're going to have to appear in court, at the same time as across the street there are drug deals and human trafficking going on and petty theft going on in sight of the enforcers, right? And that stuff is ignored. In Washington, D.C., the pure, unadulterated corruption of the Biden family is ignored, Peter Schweitzer has a book out um, that's just absolutely laying bare the crime family that is the Biden family. It's called Profiles in Corruption. He details a construction firm that, uh, that that Biden's brother, James Biden, all of a sudden got to join. He was in construction? No. A background maybe in engineering? Not that I know of. Has he built buildings or big developments? No. No. So when did this come about? Well, this company called Hillstone, which was a subsidiary of this big Hillstone International. So they founded this company right after kind of a meeting or right before a meeting at the White House. That weird, James Biden got to attend. And then all of a sudden he is an executive vice president of a firm that gets this. This is a strange happenstance. They got a contract to build 100,000 homes in Iraq. It was part of a $35 billion, 500,000 unit project. That they got to build. They they expected to make from this one point five billion dollars, according to, to Schweitzer, that would put seven hundred and thirty-five million dollars into the hands of the minority partners of this construction company. Seven hundred and thirty-five million bucks from a meeting at the White House. The executives of this company admitted we're putting Biden's brother on the team because he has access. Well, they basically admitted that in his bio. And this is all known. So do you see how leftism works? There are the crimes that they're willing to prosecute. Hey, you're selling straws in Portland or in Baltimore. Hey, the street sign. This is uh, this is in the wrong place uh, in front of your business and the crimes they're not willing to go after, which are those in the Senate, which is why I asked. Do you think that Mitch McConnell understands now that it's not just about votes with the Democrats? It's also about splitting the country into favored classes, criminals who are not going to be prosecuted, drug dealers, etc. Cartels are not going to be seriously prosecuted, not in liberal cities. And corruption by the Biden family, by the Clinton family, by Bernie Sanders' wife and he. Those aren't going to be prosecuted. We'll talk about those as we continue here. Jim in Newport News, Virginia, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Jim.
5: Yes, I was just wondering how come uh, the three senators, Klobuchar, Warren, and Sanders, aren't recusing themselves from an impeachment vote since they're political opponents. <laughs>
1: I love this. I was thinking about this earlier today because they have something to gain from having the president's uh, on the guy that they intend to run against on trial. Well, clearly, uh, don't you think maybe, Jim, it's just slipped their mind. Don't, do you think maybe well, they've been? Yeah. <laughs> do you think they've been really that busy? should be three votes that shouldn't even count. Right. And here's what's funny that, I mean, in addition to that, there was this talk of the Democrats. They wanted to trade. They wanted to get Joe Biden in to testify and Hunter Biden in to testify so that they could get some people from the Trump administration, Bolton, et cetera, to come in and testify. I bet you it was Elizabeth Warren, Amy and Bernie who were that small group of Democrats because they want to knock Joe Biden off. So I appreciate the call. Thank you, Jim, for calling in from Newport, uh, Newport News, Virginia. Yeah, this is a fascinating thing to Biden. Do you think that Biden, who is how many fist fights has he been in? Oh, no. I, sorry, it's, it's push up contests. The fistfights were when he was young, and he'd bring a tire chain out to beat up a guy. Because uh, someone said, use a tire chain. How many fistfights has he been in on the campaign trail, right? None? Oh, it's, oh, now it's just push-up contest. So with all the bravery, all the bravado, all the sound and fury, where's Joe Biden demanding to testify? Where is Joe Biden saying, I demand to go under oath? I want my son to and my son-in-law and my daughter, who I understand runs this campaign and probably makes money off of that. I demand that they go under oath and testify. Where is that? You know to would be fun? Go dare the Biden family, the entire crime family. You've got to read the Schweitzer book. I'm in the middle of it. You've got to read this. Go dare them to undergo forensic accounting. Because it's not just the Biden family that is corrupt. And this impeachment is selective. This is my point about your intelligence, your memory, your discernment being impeached. Okay? It's so selective. Bernie Sanders' wife was his media buyer. What does that mean? It means that she takes a 10% commission off of a media buy. So if he's running for president and there is a $70 million or a $50 million spend... How much does Bernie Sanders' wife get in that 10%? And by the way, that money's not trackable. We don't know how much she gets because the way the game is played in Washington, D.C., they only track the, the, the gross spend. They don't track the net result of who gets those commissions. So the impeachment is selective. They're impeaching you. They're impeaching your intelligence. And I'm glad to see the president fighting back. More of your phone calls as we continue. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB network. So it's all partisan. CNN all day long, all day Tuesday talked about how devastating the impeachment trial is for Trump and McConnell. McConnell's weaker. So Uh, he may be right about the Republican senators and John Roberts think about Trump, but Is this what the impeachment trial is all about, influencing John Roberts to rule against Trump in the Supreme Court cases? Because Tuesday night on CNN, on the coverage of the impeachment trial, President Trump during a recess trial and journalist and author Carl Bernstein said this about what he'd seen up to that point.
6: Many, if not a majority of the Republicans up there think that Donald Trump is unfit to hold office. And what they're hearing today confirms that they're not going to vote to convict him. He's going to be acquitted. But meanwhile, you also have the chief justice of the United States who is going to hear many cases and assertions by Donald Trump and some of these same lawyers who lied today. And I think in the long run, the Supreme Court of the United States led by this chief justice might be really offended by the conduct that they are hearing and witnessing today.
1: Fascinating. I wonder if they are offended by John Roberts heads the secret court. We have a secret court in America, the FISA court. That's a secret court. Because remember the Constitution where they said set up secret courts where the American people don't get to know what's going on. I, I forget the amendment to the Bill of Rights that said that. I wonder if John Roberts was offended that the Democrats lied to his face about the nature of, this, uh, of, of the documents they presented and the, the spokesmouths they presented to that court. I wonder if that's affecting Roberts. But that's the reason for the trial? That's apparently what CNN Carl Bernstein wants you to think. Will in Detroit, Licks, Minnesota, uh, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Will. Hi.
2: See, I want to get right to it. Um, Here's a question that I'd like to, to pose. What kind of a case for impeachment would the Dems have if Biden was not one of the presidential candidates? Interesting. So talk about that. I mean, If it weren't for him trying to convince uh, uh, the president of the new president of Ukraine to investigate,
1: um, there would be no case. Well, and I think it goes deeper than that, though. I think it goes deeper. I think you're on to something. But remember, where did the people who coached the whistleblower come from? Where were they working, and what did they say just after the president was elected? Did you read about this? Do you know what they said? Absolutely. It was,
2: see, this is the internal uh, uh, machinery of the federal government and higher up. These are all people that were put in place by Obama, yes. and they are absolutely dead set against this president. They don't want Washington cleaned up. They don't want to go to jail. I mean, Hillary Clinton said, if Donald Trump is elected, we're all going to jail. That was, I mean, she's credited with saying that after uh, you know, late in the night on election night.
1: Yeah, and, and that I was probably uh... the key. That was probably, you know, 15 to 20 uh, cocktails into the night. Hillary said that because, of course, Hillary doesn't want to say those things out loud. But sometimes the, you know, the parting gets the best of her. So I understand what you're saying. And I think it does go to this deep. I think it goes to young staffers who are on record. We'll get into this next hour. This is so important to read in real clear investigations that pro- just after the president was elected, the young people who surround the so-called whistleblower were saying we need to take him out they were impeaching your votes at that very moment that is the arrogance of washington dc if you've ever worked in washington dc you know the sort of arrogance of which i speak let's talk to bobby in jamestown tennessee bobby you're on the rush limbaugh program it's todd herman filling in glad you called bobby hello
7: Good afternoon. You know, a couple of months back, Rush said that the Democrats wouldn't be long before they tried to, uh, you know, stop elections and stop us from casting our ballots because, they, you know, they couldn't win anymore. Well, lo and behold, what did Mr. Schiff say yesterday? We can't leave this up to the ballot box to resolve this issue. The first thing, <laughs> yes! the first, I mean, did he not say it? Then, and then a couple hours later, what did I hear come out of his mouth? Well, look at this. We, um...
1: It's okay. It's okay. It happens on live radio. It's okay. Get your, you're right there, Bobby. This is a great phone call. Rush predicted it. They were going to say we can't leave it to the ballot box. And what else did they say?
7: Well, he, he does it that the uh, 2020 election, he he's absolutely wants to, to nullify that 2020 election to say all those votes that are going to be cast will be, you know, no good. They will be tainted. And that, yep. and that, and that seems to be the seed... That they want the plant here, um, uh, you know. It's just, but but I got to tell you, Rush nailed this two months ago. For that guy to come out and say this yesterday, <laughs> but, but but Mr. Herman, I got I got one question we got to yeah. ask. Yep. Yeah. Mr. Schiff has got to be brought under oath and testify. And the question that needs to be asked to Mr. Schiff is plain and simple: Did you or any member of your staff have any contact with the whistleblower prior to him filing his complaint?
1: Yep. And listen, Bobby, there is the Democrats may have opened themselves up to this. I'm going to talk about this next hour. They may have opened themselves up to shift being treated as a witness, probably can't be compelled to testify, but can be treated as a witness and moved out of the way. So we're going to talk about that. But also to your point, believe it or not, I'm going to share with you uh, an opinion by a visiting law professor who is you want to talk about impeaching your vote <laughs> This guy actually wrote words that say that your vote for President Trump is unconstitutional. Your vote for a man who legitimately won this party's nomination, who legitimately appeared on every single ballot, is unconstitutional because... Your vote was likely animated by racism. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk more about Hunter Biden and that corruption. We're going to talk more about what we need to do as supporters of the president. There's a whole bunch to get to a packed show. It's Todd Herman. It's always in a massive, incredible, just heart wrenchingly beautiful honor to fill in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Oh, it's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Notice a pattern. Notice a pattern. Uh, With the American left, it's a pattern that's it's not happenstantial. It's not coincidence. It comes from leftist organizing. And that pattern is uh, sometimes referred to um, as selective tolerance or oppressive tolerance. Uh, It's anything but tolerance. And the notion is that um, this oppressive tolerance the selective tolerance. They're tolerant only for ideas uh, that are going to eat away at the American fiber. It's small things. <laughs> this is, if you, live, if you live in San Antonio, Texas, it's, this is a small thing. It, they've spent the airport $330,000 of your money uh, to keep Chick-fil-A. Out of the airports, 330 grand, because they can't be tolerant of ideas, right? Because only selective tolerance works to this, to the big things. And it's a huge thing. Notice the pattern that for the left, there are no legitimate Republican presidents. Notice that George W. Bush selected, not elected. Remember that, because, of course, if Al Gore had been selected, well, we never would have heard the phrase selected, not elected. So part of the game here is to paint every single Republican president as illegitimate, as criminal. And when you study the left and how they use big government to hide graft and corruption, you can see how far off that really is. Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. And let me welcome you and thank you for putting up with me as I have the honor of filling for Rush Limbaugh. So you're being impeached. And along with the President of the United States, your votes, your discernments, your intelligence, your memory of recent political events... All these things are being impeached, not just by the Democrats on the Hill, but also the Democrats in the media. Being impeached, your thought process, being impeached, your very idea of what you want in a chief executive. All of these things being impeached, your culture being impeached, your culture of, for instance, not suggesting, not saying as a writer in. Um, in it, this is a serious piece. This is a, a, a piece of writing in NBC News op ed. Uh, The author's name is Noah Betrowski, who, by the way, uh, is, uh, according to Byron York, a comics expert and cultural critic. Uh, Such august works as Wonder Woman, Bondage and Feminism in the Masterson uh, Peter comics. So obviously someone with a a devout attention uh, to America and the important issues there and says that your vote for the president of the United States is unconstitutional. <laughs> Your vote for a duly nominated man to run for president, now the president of the United States, is, is unconstitutional. But worry not, the, uh, the writer quotes a true expert, Terry Smith, a visiting professor at the University of Baltimore School of Law, Says that um, rather than excuse racist voters, that's you and me, uh, to try to figure out how to live with their choices. He argues that that it's not just immoral to vote for President Trump, but it's illegal. <laughs> and as Bobby from Tennessee pointed out last hour, you have Adam Schiff in the Schiff Show saying that Bobby heard him say, "Yeah, we can't leave this to the ballot box." So look at the look at the setup. If you vote for Donald Trump, even if you're not racist, they reason that there are racists who voted for Donald Trump. And therefore, the vote for Trump is unconstitutional. So you can't vote for him because it's unconstitutional. Let's set aside the fact that the Constitution actually limits government. It doesn't really limit you. It limits government. Set that aside. However, if you do intend to vote for the president, we can't leave that to the ballot box. That's far too important. Right. So we can't have that done. It's far, far, far too important for you people and us and me, the little folks, to be trusted with this. So you're being impeached. The culture's being impeached. The notions of right and wrong are being impeached. All of this along with Donald Trump. Right. And none of us. I don't know about you. I do not shop for perfect vessels to inhabit political offices. I just take a view of this that's that God himself uses broken vessels. I'm, a, I'm about a broken a vessel as you can find. Right. I, I I fully admit I need grace. So I don't shop out to find perfect vessels. But even that notion is under attack. Why? Because the Democrats would have you believe that they are the perfect vessels, that they are the ones guarding the American ideas, such as The New York Times. Have you been tracking their impeachment of the founding of the country? All of this. Coordinated all of this one big movement, all of it tied together to undertake to overturn the nation. So impeaching the nation's founders is what the New York Times is doing in this, uh, this project they've had running for a long time now, uh, Project 1619, or the 1619 Project. This project contends that the central animating force for the founding of the United States of America was slavery. That's and, 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 and In fact, they say America was founded when the slaves arrived. It's basically the, 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 uh, the framing of this. Now, no doubt we all recognize slavery as aberrant to human rights, aberrant to uh, the very idea of America. And, of course, it was resolved through a terrible war. We know this, and I don't need to go back into the history. What's fascinating is their impeachment of the founders in this way is also filled with lies. There are historians, and one in particular piece in The Atlantic just lays waste to this entire 1619 project by pointing out that it itself is riddled with errors, such as the fact that the colonies had already moved to ban slavery in the same time frame that the New York Times writer, uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones, claims, claims that the Entire country was built around slavery. The colonies had already banned, not all of the colonies, obviously, but many of the colonies had already moved to ban the practice. Decisive steps. Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Rhode Island had outlawed this. So they're impeaching this history with lies. The same way they impeached the president with lies, the same way they impeach us with lies. And who are they using for this? Well, Rush Limbaugh has said that this is the guy he wants to see front and center. So I don't know what's going on with the Democrats. Maybe, in fact, Rush's intellect is so huge he's eaten into their brains and is now occupying a space in their brain, causing them to put this guy up front because CNN has hailed Adam Schiff as an effective orator, making a pretty compelling story. That Only the Democrats, right? Only they could think that. So this was Tuesday night, CNN's special coverage of the impeachment trial of the president and during a recess in the trial. Anchor Wolf Blitzer says to the chief legal analyst, analyst uh, Jeffrey Tubin. I just want your thoughts, Jeffrey, on the presentations that we're hearing from the House managers, the Democrats versus the presentations we've been hearing from the president's councils." You know,
8: I don't want to sound like a partisan, but the Democrats have been so much better. It's not even a close comparison, as far as I can tell. You know, Adam Schiff knows the facts. That is something that you can't fake. You know, a lot of what he's doing is off the cuff, is responding to the arguments. Most of the lawyers have just been reading presentations. Jay Sekulow, for the president, knows the facts well and is, I think, a very effective lawyer. Pat Cibollone, less so. Mr. Philbin, not ready for prime time. Or the afternoon, as the case may be. But, you know, I think Adam Schiff is just in charge. You know, he's acting like a lead prosecutor. And I think Congresswoman Lofgren, while not as theatrical a performer, you know, she had a very good argument to make. And I thought she made it very effectively because what she did was she went through the evidence and said there would be There would be emails associated with these meetings. There would be documents that are relevant here, and
1: she showed exactly where. Looks like we're not going to see him. So Jeffrey Tubin does not want to appear to be partisan, but he is refusing to share with you the fact that lawyers, when they are representing someone else, often write down their statements because they are representing the accused. Schiff himself is not the accused. He can speak off the cuff. And Jeffrey Tubin at CNN, he's impeaching your intelligence. He thinks you don't know that Adam Schiff has been caught lying about source material, so much so that even the Politico, even the Politico had to call him out. Now, they didn't say it was lying, Schiff, but they said that he was perhaps wrong. He was um, misinformed, Adam Schiff. So your intelligence is being impeached this way. But Jeffrey Tubin. He just wants to make sure he's not acting as a partisan. And the only people who are actually listening to what the Democrats are saying are on the TV news sets. Again, Tuesday night, again, CNN special coverage of the impeachment trial of President Trump. Uh, Anchor Jake Tapper says to CNN national security and legal analyst Carrie Cordio. I think that a lot of Republicans see him as very partisan Democrat. Do you think that given the fact that really the audience here we're talking about is maybe one or two Democrats who are iffy like Manchin or Cinema out of Arizona, maybe four or five Republicans, do you think Adam Schiff is the right person, regardless of his command of the facts? I'm talking about the command of the politics of it to go after and win over these six senators in the middle.
3: I think that because he is actually because he does know the facts and because he is an effective orator and he is effective at making this presentation, and he really does come across that he truly believes in what he's saying, I think that makes him an effective advocate. I think Congressman Lofgren also was very effective in terms of her preparation. She clearly prepared and understood and was able to communicate uh, in a very accessible way the history um, and some of the historical precedents that are in play here today. So I think that he is effective.
1: So Adam Schiff is effective. And did she did? I, I'm certain I heard her use the word orator to describe, to describe Adam Schiff, but nowhere in this, you notice this, that they're impeaching your research skills as they impeach the president of the United States, as they impeach him, as they impeach your intelligence, your discernment, your judgment, your knowledge of recent political history. They're also impeaching your research skills. We're going to talk later in the show about the facts as real clear investigation shows that the two people closest to the so-called whistleblower, in fact, worked in Schiff's orbit. In fact, began saying right after you cast your vote for Donald Trump, they began saying we got to find a way to take this guy out. Right. They began saying that that somehow doesn't make it into the fact pattern. Somehow they're unbothered by Adam Schiff's refusal to concentrate on that. So you're being impeached. Your views are being impeached. Your intelligence is being impeached. And that's what we're seeing go on. Now, as we get back in the show, we dig more into a lot of this. Some huge moments in culture, such as YouTube is announcing that basically, if you are a right-leaning site on the Internet, don't count on using YouTube to show the impeachment trial. They're kicking YouTube streams off of right-leaning websites. And that is, of course, Google. We'll get into that. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Uh, You can follow me if you like on Twitter at Todd E. Herman. Thanks for that. You're being impeached, your intelligence is being impeached, your thought process is being impeached, uh, your love for your country is being impeached. Uh, You are not truly uh, in love with your country if you are not in love with impeaching a president based upon no actual crimes, nothing in the federal register. The media is on board with this. Of course, the Democrats are on board with this. What is depressing and, I think, astonishing to me here is the degree to which the media and, in fact, I think Washington, D.C. itself, Washington, D.C. has a has it's, it's I know we use the phrase different worlds, but let me give you an example of a game we used to play in Washington, D.C. Uh, I had at one time been the chief digital strategist at the RNC. So I was there for a couple of years. We used to um, be out in public and say so having dinner. at you know, one of the um, nice restaurants there. And we would see people who were, let's say, lobbyists. Uh, and look, I have some friends who are lobbyists. They're fine people, but there's also a lot of really sleazy lobbyists. Or we'd see people from the Hill, chiefs of staff, etc. We used to play a game called daughter or girlfriend. And yeah, it's exactly what you think it is. You'd be at this party. Okay, there it is. Laying down the bets. Is that that man's daughter or is that his girlfriend? And you got bonuses if the young woman was, in fact, his girlfriend and he was still married. And that that is a Washington, D.C. norm. So are having official and unofficial jobs. So you have a job. Let's say you're on the Hill, your chief of staff. Very powerful position. So you steer a lot of money. You control a lot of government monies, etc. You also have unofficial jobs. And those unofficial jobs um, are things like running a PAC or a media buying firm. In fact, I, and, and you get double, triple the money that way. Uh, uh, in, 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 accords, you know, in comparison to your official job. And that's not seen as wrong. That's not seen as crossing any lines. That's not seen as partisan. So you pretend when you're on the Hill, yeah, you work for a Democrat, but you're working for the constituents. You're not. Because your PAC can take in monies that you take percentages of. The other outside things you do, consulting, media buying, those things, all the monies pulled together. And everybody knows the game. And the game is, you want access to my principal. So I'm not a lobbyist. Here's a way I'll get you access to the congressman, if I'm a chief of staff. Give some money to my pack, and that pays an outside salary for me. Hire me as a consultant, or my wife as a consultant. That pours money into my pockets. Um, those are two sources of money that, okay, eh, that's about a quarter million you put in my pocket. Now, I'll get you on the, uh, the, the great person's schedule. And that is a normal course of business in Washington, D.C. Okay, so it is a separate set of morals. Uh, I've told this story before, I'll be brief on this, but literally the third week I was in that town, I was offered a $3 million bribe. Literally, like, here's $3 bucks. do what I want you to do, and let me have access to the Republican National Committee's money. So it is astonishing to me the degree to which the media is able to not tell you these things. And name names of people who are famously doing this. Like Bernie Sanders' wife. We talked about that the first hour. She was his media buyer. She's probably still his media buyer. She's getting 10% of the monies that are placed for television ads, etc. Does she know anything about media buying? No. She only knows how to destroy colleges financially. So speaking of all this corruption, Dan in Butler, Pennsylvania, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Dan. Thanks for calling. Hi, Todd. Uh,
9: one of the, the main reason that, that the Dems and uh, basically, you know who they are, are just deathly afraid that uh, Trump will get another term is the fact that he is probably ready to pull the trigger on corruption in districts, be it the, be it the House or Congress. They get appropriated money, just take a, a rogue number, say $50 million to their district. They can skim one, two, three, four million dollars out of that appropriated money. There's no accountability, and the thievery is rampant. I have seen it. I have friends in the government, and you've seen the thievery. So, you've you've actually seen it. I, I basically was told. I haven't seen it with my eyes, but I was told by a I can't name names, but uh, a federal. Uh, a person involved with our government, that that is a, a lot of how this skimming is done, how these senators, congressmen, House of Representatives, again, we know who they are, how they can end up being worth, you know, $167,000 a year. But, like, take, for instance, that, you know, now they're worth $180 million. Well, how did that happen? Right. And like skimming, skimming the money from. And just one of the biggest ways is appropriated money to their districts that they can readily skim the money off of. They can wash yep. it. They they
1: have a way to clean it. So let let, let me explain a, a little bit about how this is done, because it's a very good point, Dan. I appreciate the phone call. Very good point. So you see all these monies flowing into choo-choo trains around the country. So uh, you guys around the country, um, I've lived in Seattle. It's been my, uh, my hometown, my, not my hometown, but where I lived for many years. So you guys around the country are paying for the most ridiculous and corrupt train, by the way, deadly train. It was deadly within its first couple of years of existence, um, it, it, out here in Seattle. It is a, what, $73 billion budget or something that you guys are underwriting. The people in the know on this project have an opportunity to invest in real estate where the train is going to stop. Okay, so if you get a note from someone on the transportation committee, okay, we've reviewed this plan for this corrupt organization in Seattle called Sound Transit. We know the map. We know where the buildings are going to go. Then your wife, who happens to be a real estate investor, or your son, who happens to be a builder, even though he has no background in building, like the Biden family, all of a sudden, they team up to purchase some property um, that the property owner doesn't know is going to be right across the street from a train stop where people who are rich enough to be able to afford on the West Coast, you've got to be rich to take the train because other people have to actually get to work on time. All of a sudden, dimes on the dollar, you purchase a piece of land, and you're the only one who knows that a year from now, two years from now, boom, there's a train station and a Whole Foods and all this stuff across the street. That's a lot of the ways this wealth is built. Not just that, but getting in on secret deals. There's no reason in the world for Hunter Biden to serve on a board unless it's a board in, uh, you know, involved in manufacturing and distributing methamphetamines, but he does that. Because of this access, that is corruption. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Oh, man, so much more to get to. It's uh, my honor to fill in for Rush Limbaugh. And one of the things, if you've tracked Rush's career, and I have, uh, Rush has been so meaningful to me uh, in terms of mentorship from afar that I remember reading about when Rush started uh, RushLimbaugh.com, and EIB got behind that. There's, oh, man, what's he doing? He's concentrating so much on this website. Well, now, you know, if you've been to RushLimbaugh.com, you know that he was far ahead of the curve on that. If you've not yet gotten Rush 24-7, uh, this is another way in which he just, it, it is so unbelievably aggravating. Uh, to folks in the liberal media that Rush makes huge money from Rush 24-7 because he provides value. So Rush 24-7 is your opportunity to have always-on access to Rush Limbaugh, to the sacks of stuff, to the archives, etc. And I truly, this is a true fact. Every time he gains a new subscriber at RushLimbaugh.com for Rush 24-7, it drives the uh, the liberal media nuts because they can't. Get anywhere near um, the uh, the excellence and the obscene profits, as Rush himself might say about Rush twenty four seven. So go to Rushlimbaugh com and get that. Let's talk to Harry in Selena, Ohio. Harry, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Harry. Hello, Todd. Say, Todd. I'd like to know that what
9: intelligent American voter would not want a corrupt American politician to be brought brought out? Yeah. Well, what do you have an answer? Uh, we have so much such as our former Democratic vice president uh, and his cronies. Uh, our president, Trump, is doing a great job. And I think we need more exposure of these corrupt officials. I'll no, I could hang up the phone now so I can listen to your
2: response. Yeah,
1: yeah, I couldn't agree more. And to your point, Harry, what American wouldn't want this? So let's let's look at this from a couple different perspectives. Harry asks, what sort of American wouldn't want to see corruption uh, from an American political official um, investigated? Take, for instance, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, This is a this is um, I'll get off on a tangent. Concentrate, Herman, concentrate. When I talk Pelosi, there's so much I could say. Um, But Nancy Pelosi's husband is a, uh, as I recall, owns hotels in California. And there were some events held at these hotels in California that that were union events and then the union union membership figured out wait a minute you have non-union staff here right how'd you get away with this like california's a union state well how carve outs right that's 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 how they got away with it nancy pelosi gave carve outs to mcdonald's franchises in her district for obamacare rules they didn't have to follow that So your question was, what sort of American doesn't want to see corruption of of government political officials exposed? Well, those who are themselves corrupt. That's one form. They don't want to see that. The other is the media. Now, the media is in on the corruption because they get access. Okay, that's part of the corruption, but there's something else. Have you ever had a feeling that your spouse might not be faithful to you? Have you ever had that feeling dig into your heart? Okay. Have you ever had the experience of wanting to ignore that? right? When It can't be true. It, it's, it's not happening. And so you ignore signs of it because you don't want to, to experience that pain of someone you love right? and that you will always love. Or it's very common for people to have medical circumstances where, okay, wow, there's a growth on my face. It's the size of a turtle. Maybe I should get it checked, but you don't want the answer. And I think in the case of the media... They don't want the answer. And the last is of these categories of people who don't want corruption investigated, people who want to be able to say, I didn't know, which is something really potent to be able to say in societies that are, you know, that are under attack because our society is under attack. We've been under attack before. We're optimists. We will push this back. We'll regain our country. We'll fight alongside the Lord. We'll do these things to take our country in the proper direction. Okay, That's that's what we'll do together. But there's this category of people that's in the face of corruption. They don't want to know because they want to be able to say, I, I didn't know that Joe Biden was doing that. In fact, think of, um, think of Harvey Weinstein. Think of how many people knew but didn't come out and see it because they actually didn't want to know. I think that's part of where the media is at because they have to sniff the corruption to know that it's there, right? So I I think there's sort of the categories of people who don't want this corruption exposed. Linda in Sacramento, California, you are on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi,
10: Linda. Hi there. Thank you so much for covering this the way you are today. Yes, our voters are being impeached. Yes, the Constitution, but worse than that, our freedom is being impeached. You have a bunch of people there who have exposed themselves a long time ago as wannabe dictators. This is a long time. I mean, Barack Obama said our Constitution was a negative document and needed to be changed because it, didn't, it, it took away too much power from the government. But Adam Schiff said it yesterday. He said, the, you can't leave it up to the ballot box. And I'm going to tell you the most damaging thing Trump said that made their hair go on fire. He said, "I'm to the people, I'm giving your government back to you. They've taken it from you. That was the thing that absolutely upset them. And I'm telling you right now, you're not going to be able to do it. This is a warning. They say as California goes, so goes the country. We have a system of voting here where we have provisional ballots. California is not as blue as you think it is. But I mean, every single vote on election night, there were many Republicans who were ahead. Votes were discovered in trunks of cars. Votes were discovered in bathrooms. Every single, every single election was flipped. By provisional ballots, not a single one went from Democrat to Republican. Every single one was flipped from Republican to Democrat. There's a few. There's one in particular down. I'm in Sacramento. This is in Southern California. Somebody named uh, Congressman Valadeo, very popular Portuguese farmer. My my friend told me about this. He covered four Mm -hmm. districts. He was winning. He was so far ahead on election night that they were interviewing him as the winner. But he wouldn't, the registrar wouldn't certify him. Thanksgiving, she was still counting provisional ballots. Yes. Unless we get a hold on there's corruption going on, the Democrats are not going to leave it up to the voters. Be aware throughout the country of them corrupting it at the local level. Please watch out because our vote, my vote here means nothing. I don't know how they're doing it. All I know is the provisional and the absentee ballots are are managing they've turned this state into what it is now that's what i wanted to say
1: linda thanks for the call very very important call i appreciate that and uh thanks for calling Russia's show so linda we are we live together on the west coast you live in california um i've lived up in seattle uh what you're saying is so vital and in fact linda this is going to blow your mind you have down there in the state of california you have a guy named dean logan Uh, Dean Logan is a guy who had been up in King County in Washington State. Seattle's the main city in King County up here. Um, Dean Logan oversaw an election in which there were more votes than voters, oversaw an election where um, the Democrats won or lost the first two votes, the first two tallies of the votes she lost. The Nast valley, the last tally, she somehow won literally after ballots were found in the, trunks of, uh, in the trunk of a car. Literally. Someone said, oh, I forgot. I've got all these ballots in the trunk of my car. And there were voters, I think I was uh, somewhere around 800, 900 voters, and the race was very close, who all had the same address, which was the King County Administration Building. Dean Logan, whoever saw that election, is now in California who's now down disenfranchising people down there. So it's not just on the impeachment front where the president is being impeached along with us. These activities do impeach the vote. the provisional ballots, what that means is you can vote at the last second. They can't check to see if you're a legal citizen. They don't care. Like in states like California, Washington State, they don't care. They prefer that you not be legal, actually. They want you in that count. They don't care if you are legally allowed to vote, even if you're a U.S. citizen. Did you just arrive that day? They don't care. Because provisional ballots get counted on the spot. If you think that's bad, you know what's coming to Washington State, therefore, the rest of the country? Smartphone voting. (laughs) No chance that's going to get hacked. No chance at all. Don't you even worry your heads about that. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. What happens when you create a definition for something? And it's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh. When you create a definition for something, that thing is exactly what you say it is. So if you, I, I used to play a game, uh, you know, as, as a dad. And I would invent, let's say, a way to, you know, to, to tickle the kids. So, um, Thor uh, Whittle. Do you want a Thor Whittle? And my daughter would have to say, I don't know what a Thor Whittle is. Well, then I could say, oh, well, it's just a form of tickling. Or we, or for like a treat, so I would come up with a, a pretend name. Hey, I brought home a, a, a cos wooshel. Would you like a cause What's a cause Well, it turned out to be uh, ice cream. It's because it was ever I wanted it to be. Jerry Nadler uh, this morning is making the case for abuse of power. The Democrats pulled an incredibly clever trick. Here's what abuse of power means to us. We've decided that the president did these things that we have decided are abuse of power. <laughs> so you now have Jerry Nadler making the case for a definition they designed that that it, of course it fits. They designed it because it's not a law. That's why laws are important. We all agree. Exceeding the speed limit means your car in this temporal universe is moving at a rate of speed greater than this mile per hour, plus or minus three miles per hour or something. It's defined. It's voted on. It's defined. It's discussed. It's published. When you decide that that Donald Trump did these things and you considered abuse of power, then you say, okay, what is abuse of power? It's whatever Trump did. Then you get behind the lectern in the Senate and, and you're saying, this is abuse of power? Well, sure it is, because you decide decided what that means. Right? The same thing, I, my made-up words, a four-whittle. What is it? What's, what if I say it is? I made it up. That's what Jerry Nadler is doing now. The Democrats are always thinking they found the scandal, the great big huge scandal. And it's it always turns out to be different. So, CNN, MSNBC, they are now suggesting that it's not just in the chamber for the trial. Democrat senators, they're telling them the wrong. So this is the media. They thought they had this big scandal the other night, last night. GOP senators <gasps> leaving the chamber, leaving the chamber. But every time they tried to get a Democrat senator to confirm it, they failed. And so this is last night on CNN special coverage of the impeachment of Donald Trump. So this is during a re- recess in the trial. CNN's political correspondent, Dana Bash, she had this exchange with Senator Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota.
3: I just have to ask you about what's going on inside the chamber because the cameras can't see the senators. Yeah. There's a, a report that that there are a lot of empty seats, particularly uh, on the Republican side. You've been sitting there. Well, you've been watching. Have there been empty I seats? To defend them and our side, I didn't see that. I think it was a two-and-a-half-hour opening. Very well done. So you see people you know, leave to go to the restroom. People maybe leave to uh, drink a cup of coffee or something like that. Um, and so they come back. Uh, everyone's been coming back. And for the most part, it is like 95 percent filled at any one time. So I just didn't see that.
1: (laughs) They got they got Amy Klobuchar to tell the truth. They also tried this with Chuck Schumer. They want the scandal to be the Republicans aren't in their seat. This is uh, MSNBC's special coverage uh, of the impeachment. This is Chris Hayes uh, had an exchange with Senator Chuck Schumer. I wanted to ask
11: about the room. We were discussing before, obviously, we don't have a camera, we don't have eyes on it. There's reporters in the gallery and there's sketch artists, but a notable number of senators not in their seats for long stretches has been reported. And I just wonder if you feel that the body is living up to the moment on both sides of the aisle, that there's the level of attentiveness and seriousness that you'd like to see. Well, you know, I've rarely seen more than 10 members out of their seats at a given time. And we've had all members there for most of the time. The attentiveness that most impresses me is the one I mentioned before, or that I think might have the greatest impact. That a lot of our Republican colleagues who have never heard the whole story, have never heard a narrative, and have gotten so much of their news from Fox News, which is so deliberately biased and leaves out most of the major facts is really indicative. So, no, I think the room is a very, very positive thing.
1: (laughs) Chuck Schumer is not playing along, but he's on MSNBC, where Rachel Maddow continues to say that President Trump uh, reports directly to to Vladimir Putin. (laughs) It's Fox. That's the wildly slanted network. So even Chuck Schumer is saying, nope, Republicans in the seat. He wants to say that because he, he wants to be able to say, well, you heard the evidence of abuse of power, which, by the way, we defined... And you're not going to do anything about it? Chuck Schumer. Let's talk to James in Sherwood, Ohio. James, you're on the Russian Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Good to hear from you, James. Hey,
0: Todd. Hey, listen, I, I haven't heard anybody quite say this, and I would love to hear your explanation or opinion on this. Now, I would honestly love to be a senator up there and, and sit there and look at Adam Schiff or Nadler or anybody and say, now, listen, you're upset about our president possibly asking to dig up dirt on a political rival, yet your very own party just got caught creating dirt on a political opponent. It was called the Dirty Dossier. Now, they seem to have no problem with actually fabricating one, but if you actually ask for dirt, which wasn't at all, how how can you possibly sit there and and honestly come off like that? I, I I know it's the party of the hypocrite,
1: but why hasn't anybody brought this up? Well, you just did. And uh, you brought it up very well. And uh, we have brought it up. And, of course, Russia's detailed that in the program. I want to take what you said, James. Uh, and one of my favorite things to do in the political game is if you've ever heard me talk about would it work if everyone did it? Have you ever heard that theory? Would it work if everyone did it? Okay, so a caller uh, to uh, my old radio program brought this up with me. It's a standard by which we're going to measure things. So when I come back, I want to take James's call about the Steel dossier and the FISA court. And let's, let's play this game together. You and I um, in Rush Limbaugh's audience, let's play a game called Would It Work If Everybody Did It? That's next. Uh, James, thanks for the call. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Now it's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. So before the break... S- offer a little game here. Caller's making the point that uh, th- here are the Democrats saying, oh, we've got all this evidence. You need to see this evidence. And they themselves made up evidence, right? So they're saying the Republicans are hiding evidence. They themselves made up evidence with the uh, Steele dossier, etc. Um, a Caller to Tumult Radio show uh, inspired me to play a little game. It's a game of contextualizing. So it goes like this. Would it work if everybody did it? Imagine this. Imagine that you uh, are caused to have to go to court. So you're sued or you're in, a, you're in a criminal case. Let's say that you're in a criminal case. Let's say that you are, in fact, uh, in that case, defending yourself, making a case for this or that. And Let's say you're acquitted, right? <laughs> but the judge finds out later that you lied, that the evidence you presented was faked, that the witnesses you brought uh, were lying, that you had lied about their backgrounds, and you're brought before the judge. And the judge says to you, did you lie? Right? Did you, these are false documents. Did you falsify these? And you say, yeah, but well, kind of. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was not exactly truthful. Where do you land? What happens to you? And here we have the FISA court... A secret court, which, I don't know about you, I'm not wild about secret courts. I, I kind of feel like government business should be done in, 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 you know, it's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Absolute honor. I would say privilege, but it's not. It's an honor. Uh, it is a privilege as well to fill in for Rush Limbaugh. My name is Todd Herman. I appreciate you putting up with me today. Jerry Nadler. Just on TV, continuing to impeach you. Uh, so Jerry Nadler is one of the parties who's impeaching you. And this is, this is an important thing, as I was thinking about the show today and really doing some in-depth sort of soul searching. Um, when you have an opportunity to speak to this audience, and I am you, okay? I have grown up. I am, I am probably the prototypical Rush baby um, in that I've grown up with the program. And from afar, Rush has been a mentor for me, uh, for me from afar, so I am that person. So like you, I, I'm sometimes sad when Rush isn't it, right? And I want to hear Rush. So when I get an opportunity to do this, it's, I put myself into a real deep prayer. I do. And I ask God to say, hey, help me with this, because it's, this is, it's important beyond compare because of what Rush has built in a relationship with you. So as I really thought about this, I thought about how important it is that we really realize the scope of what's going on that we ourselves are being impeached. We've talked about our intelligence being impeached. We've talked about our knowledge of recent history being impeached. We are to forget that the Steele dossier, we're to forget of the Russia hoax, we're to forget that happened. Now we're to believe that this one's real, that this is the real deal. So they're impeaching our intelligence, our knowledge of recent history. They're impeaching our judgment. Right? they 're also impeaching our ability to look at something and understand that it is complete utter nonsense constructed from whole cloth, meaning nothing, so let me get to what Jerry Nather was just saying on t v so um Nather was saying that there are three elements to uh, this 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 decision to impeach the president. He said that number one, and i 'm going to go through these one by one impeachment is not for petty crimes. This is just what Nadler said uh, via Fox News. He's looking at a graphic of this. Not for petty crimes. Okay, but impeachment is for non-crimes. Now think of this. Jerry Nadler is saying impeachment is not for petty crimes. Is there a crime less petty than a crime that is not a crime? If abuse of power is definable, would not the founders of the United States of America, who had as their central driving force in founding this country to escape abuse of power and to live without abuse of power, who constructed a world changing document that literally shifted the power away from the government, things the government cannot do to you ever. Wouldn't they have said we should define abuse of power? They didn't. They defined what the government cannot do and stayed away from defining what it must do for you, as Barack Obama would have had them done. So if it's not for petty crimes, this is what Nather saying, that impeachment is not for petty crimes. Is there a crime less petty than one that the founders didn't think of that's not in the federal registrar? Right, So it's a non-crime. So that's number one in his three-point process of this impeachment. The other thing he said, point number two, is that the president's behavior indicates that he's a continuing threat. All right, what was the threat this time? Well, it was abuse of power, self-defeating argument. Now you're back up to a thing you made up, you defined, and you're applying this behavior to it. So what's the continuing threat? He's a continuing threat to do what? Well I think it's a continuing threat perhaps to insist that a country like Ukraine that signed a document with the Congress of the United States that if they wanted our money they had to fight corruption in their country so you have the chief executive who's responsible for foreign policy saying to the Ukraine you got to police this corruption that's the threat This is the threat. So the assertion is that the president is a threat because he's using his power to dig up dirt on the Bidens. Question, what has the president dug up that is not already known that Joe Biden hasn't already bragged about that everybody in D.C. knows the Biden crime family is enriching themselves on your money to the tune of tens of millions of dollars? jill biden getting to do this frank biden getting to do this hunter biden getting to do this his his uh his, his son-in-law getting to do this his daughter getting into the game everybody knows this so this is not something that the president said i need you to dig up dirt on biden the dirt is there what the president was saying was hey you know you signed a document ukraine maybe you could you know fight corruption and i don't think that donald trump should be expected to be an expert on all aspects of Ukrainian American corruption. But there's a real obvious one. This is Joe Biden. That, that Biden himself bragged, yeah, I got that prosecutor fired. So the three points of Nadler in terms of his impeachment, he just said this on the House floor not for petty crimes. We've dismissed that, right? Because these aren't even crimes. So I'm just dismissing Nadler's points just, just off the cuff. That one's gone. He's a continuing threat. To do what? To enforce the laws assigned by the Congress of the United States, that's the threat? That's what he's being impeached for, so I've dismissed that. Now, this is the one that is hilarious. Utterly funny. Jerry Nadler says that they're going on this impeachment standard because there's behavior that is clearly wrong. We are right back to defining a behavior defining the, creating the definition and saying it's wrong. For instance, and this is going to cause a great bit of concern. Every time I mention this, people get really upset. I believe it is wrong verging on being a crime to put pineapple on pizza. It's, it's ridiculous. Pineapple doesn't belong on pizza. It, it can't be argued otherwise. That, that, that is not a, that not a fruit that belongs on a pizza. Now, I'm saying that. This clearly wrong behavior to put pineapple on pizza in my eyes. Does that make it universally wrong? It does not, right? I mean, I think it should. I think there should be a law, but it's not there yet. So he has as his standard something that's clearly wrong. There are entire philosophies built around determining what is wrong. There's entire philosophical books built around what's wrong. So all of this as our intelligence is being impeached, our judgment is being impeached, our, in fact, belief in the country is being impeached. And you know what's being impeached? Is our ability to see nonsense where nonsense lives, such as we talked last hour, folks from California. I think it was Linda from California talking about the provisional ballots, talking about now in, in Washington state, we're gonna, you're going to get to vote by a smartphone in a state that is legendary for voter fraud that's King County's Washington. You know, well, Washington State's King County, legendary for it. So this is being impeached. Your ability to see that this is wrong is being impeached. Let's talk to Amanda in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Amanda, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Amanda.
3: Hello. Hi. I'm a military spouse living in Harrisburg. Um, my husband commutes every day down to Baltimore to the base that we're actually assigned to, and I'm telling you all that because we are normal Americans and. I'm tired of hearing people say that normal people don't care about this impeachment. We care very much. One of my husband's first assignments was for the finance of the branch that he's in, and he had to try to figure out how to save them money. And he had to go through everything to look for uh, fraud, waste, and abuse. And I look at this thing. I've been watching all of the hearings, all of the witnesses, all of the paperwork, and this is a giant case of waste, fraud and abuse. And I want to know who's going to pay for it. Who's going to pay for the per diem for all these people who came who had to stay in hotels, their lunch, their flights and all of these things, because I guarantee you, we've already put the bill for it. But what I want to know is, are the Democrats going to have to pay it back when they're wrong? And Trump isn't impeached is the one thing I wonder. And I, I guarantee you, there are millions of Americans like me who aren't getting gaslit by these people they're trying to gaslight us into not being able to reason (laughs) with what's going on but we all know what's going on and we just keep moving on with our lives like yeah i'm still voting for trump and move on a little bit but i watched all of that stuff and i i just want to know where the money is going to come from to pay for this stuff because we shouldn't have to at all so and, let me
1: let me ask you a question real quick Amanda. Um your your husband was looking for waste fraud and abuse. What would have happened if your husband had decided that he wanted to keep two sets of books? What would have happened if he decided here's the he, and so he had his private books and then the books he showed his commander in chief or is his commanding officer. What would have happened to him if he kept two sets of books?
3: I'd be visiting him in Fort Leavenworth prison. Right. He so he'd be stripped of his rank. Um, kicked out, dishonorable discharge, he'd be in military prison.
1: All right. Have you ever heard the phrase unofficial debt? Yes. All right. So in our country, the same people who are impeaching the president for a non-crime For something they defined, they said, hey, let's look at this behavior. Let's call it abuse of power. There's no actual laws being broken. These same people for 30, 40 years have been in Congress where they keep two sets of books. They keep the books they show the American people. Then they have something called the um, off-book debts, unfunded liabilities. You try that in private business. Try that with your banker. Oh, yeah, I didn't show that to you because that's unofficial debt. Try that with the IRS. Oh, that's unofficial income. Yeah, I'm not counting that. You try that, and you'll find out what you're saying is so obviously correct. These people simply are impeaching our intelligence and our discernment, even our ability to spot something that's utter and complete hypocrisy like that. Great call, Amanda. Thank you very much for coming on Rush's show. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Jerry Nadler just took to the... uh took to the lectern to tell us there are three aspects to their decision to impeach the president. And he said that these are not for petty crimes. We've dismissed that because there are no crimes. He says that the president is a continuing threat given his behavior. We've dismissed that in that there was actually no threat from the behavior unless you count that threat being enforcing or asking Ukraine to enforce uh, the, the, the document they signed with the Congress when they got our money. Uh, Then the last thing was that it's clearly wrong. And I want to just focus on that for just a second. Clearly wrong. Okay. If you say something is clearly wrong, that's your opinion, which is why we have laws. I I want to operate this at a different level. Imagine laws as our DNA. Our DNA tells our bodies what to become. So you are conceived in the womb. You're given the breath of life by God Almighty. You become a human being because the DNA says you are to be a human being. It gets down to the basis of what is a protein in your body used for. This is going to be a fingernail. This is going to be part of your heart. That's the operating procedure of the body as published in DNA. Laws are sort of like that for society. They are how we interact with one another if we're a lawful society. Or you could look at it this way. They're measuring sticks. Can you build a functional building uh, a structure, a meaningful structure without measuring things, not a hut. But could you build a skyscraper or something complicated or an airplane without a measuring device? You couldn't. So in either case, if you erase our DNA, we're just blobs of goo. We we are meaningless forms of goo. If you try to build a skyscraper or an airplane without a measuring device, you are going to die. You'll not get the airplane off the ground. right? Or, and, and if you do, you'll die and you'll not get it off the ground. Laws are that to our society. They are how we interact with one another. They are what avoids chaos. So laws need to be treated with seriousness. So when Nadler says that impeachment is not for petty crimes and he forgets that there are no crimes in the articles of impeachment, not a single crime, he is inserting chaos into our society. And we've had enough chaos inserted into our society by the left in ways enormous, right? I want to get to something uh, sort of on this topic that Mark Meadows said, talking about the supposed cover-up um, that Adam Schiff of the whistleblower and the cover-up of that. So um, he was on Fox News Channel's uh, American Newsroom. His co-host Sandra Smith said to Representative Mark Meadows from North Carolina, How do you think things are going on in this trial? This is just a repeat of things that we heard
11: in the House. It's built on a corrupt foundation. Uh, The House impeachment managers are actually not only making false statements, but they're intentionally misleading the American people. How do we know that? Because they're cherry-picking certain parts of testimony, and it's all built on their narrative to try to impugn the facts of the case. This is like Groundhog Day. The only difference. Is Bill Murray's days kept getting better. Adam Schiff's are not getting any better. We need to make sure that the American people understand two things. Everything that the House impeachment managers are going to say today is going to be based on second- and third-hand knowledge. There's no first-hand witnesses. You know why? Because those first-hand witnesses actually have exonerated the President of the United States. So we're going to continue to hear allegations of cover-up. The only cover-up that I've seen, is actually adam schiff and his team's cover-up on their coordination with a
1: whistleblower okay now their coordination with the whistleblower going back to nadler's points or supposed points where he says impeachment should apply number one not for petty crimes how about trying to take a president of the united states down by hiding the fact that you've been coordinating on that from day one would that not be a petty crime that doesn't seem petty to me Number 2, a continuing direct threat. They tried it with Russia, now they're trying this, continuing direct threat. Clearly wrong, hiding the fact that you are coordinating with a whistleblower who is only a so-called whistleblower because he didn't have first-hand knowledge. Clearly wrong. In other words, he did a better job, Nadler, of arguing for his impeachment than for impeaching the president and by virtue of impeaching the president, in, in, impeaching your intelligence, your discernment, and your judgment. Let's talk to Randy in San Luis Obispo, California. Randy, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Is Todd Herman filling in? Uh, hi, Randy.
12: Hey, Todd. Thanks for uh, taking the call. So, yeah, I, I want to bring up what I see as a grand contradiction that that uh, that comes up with Schiff's statement that you can't leave it up to the public to elect a president. Uh, you, you know, the, the whole. Concept of the Federalist Papers, uh, particularly Number 68, which is where Hamilton talks about the Electoral College, was was the Electoral College's purpose was to try to uh, avoid the potential risk of the public being swayed uh, by uh, a nefarious uh, uh, intervention, particularly um, uh, foreign interventions, and and therefore they made this Electoral College so that so that uh, if the public really got it wrong and they really got swayed by a, a nefarious uh, attempt, that you had this electoral college mm-hmm. that would say, wait a minute, you know, some, something's wrong here, you know, and and they wouldn't necessarily go along with what the public votes. Well, in fact, pretty much every time uh, the electoral college has gone along with what the voters have yep. told them... We're going to get
1: really you know, short on time here. We're going to get really okay. short on time. All Make right. your point. So, got to 15 so seconds. As a result, the liberals
12: say... get rid of the electoral college which contradicts what Schiff says which is you know you can't leave it up to the public
1: so which is it
12: it It, never matters
1: it doesn't matter which it is because it changes with what they want oh that's a great call randy that's a great 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 point thank you for coming on rush's program it's todd herman filling in yep for rush on the eib network oh i do wait i got another minute i got another minute i was gonna rip myself off all right, Randy, so thank you, New York, for reminding me I got another minute because I, I, I went out late last time. I want to get this right. Randy, that's a brilliant point, and I want to extend it a little bit. You have Al Gore and you have George W. Bush, right? They were, in fact, making the argument that George W. Bush was selected, not elected. Wouldn't Schiff be in favor of that? Isn't he saying we can't trust the people that it should be the Supreme Court? Doesn't that apply to your theory as well, Randy? Well, exactly. I mean, yes. you, you, you can't have it both ways, you know. <laughs> they can have it both ways at all times. Randy, that's a brilliant call. Man, Russia has the best callers in the business. I'd like to hear from more of you as we uh, go through the last bit of the program, 800-282-2882. Man, so much to pile onto in terms of the impeachment, and you are being impeached and we're being impeached. We get to that. Bernie Sanders' corruption, his wife's corruption. lunch to come. Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Now we'll go to break. Ah, oh, I just went to a really dark place. Oh, my goodness. This is, I was living in Hillary Clinton's head for just a second there. Oh, you know that, um, you ever have the uncle or aunt who they drank a little bit before they came to the house or they ate? Do you remember bourbon balls? You ever eat those cookies? <laughs> my mom used to make those like for my uh, my uncle Mickey. Um, who like to have a little bit of the drink here? They're great guy. Um, that's what it smells like in Hillary's head. I was just getting into her head because I I gotta wonder how she feels now that she she tried to take a wrecking ball uh, to Bernie Sanders, and Bernie Sanders has now overtaken Joe Biden in the polls. <laughs> so in 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 the dank and uh and in stolen money lined rooms of hillary clinton 's house in her head, uh, and yes, uh, Uma is there, but that 's another topic she um, she she thought this was going to sink Bernie his poll numbers have gone up, and I also wonder in in, in hillary 's mind, does she still believe she has some form? of positive influence even within the democrat party does she think that this is going to get fascinating because now tulsi gabbard is uh is who has been called a russian asset tulsi's doing something about this uh this is a podcast it's called campaign hq with david ploof he's a he's a freaky and kind of scary looking dude kind of just freaky to me Um, I don't want to say more. So former Obama Secretary of State Hillary Clinton uh, said this about Tulsi Gabbard.
3: I think they've got their eye on somebody who's currently in the Democratic (laughs) primary and are grooming her to be the third party candidate. Mm -hmm. She's a favorite of the Russians. They have a bunch of sites and bots and other ways of supporting her Mm -hmm. so far. And that's assuming Jill Stein will give it up, which she might not because she's also a Russian right. uh, asset. Egypt, yeah. yeah, she's a Russian asset. I mean, totally.
1: <laughs> so that's Hillary months ago making this statement and her team confirmed, yeah, it was about Tulsi Gabbard. So Tulsi Gabbard uh, on Fox News channels, Fox and Friends, she was the guest and co-host Steve Ducey. Or Ducey says that Hillary months ago said uh, said this months ago, so why uh, is now the time to act with your lawsuit?
3: I have dedicated my entire adult life to serving our country and for Hillary Clinton and her powerful allies to attempt to smear me and accuse me, really implying that I'm a traitor to the country that I love, is something that I cannot allow to go unchecked. I'm filing this lawsuit because I will not allow her or anyone to try to intimidate me or other patriotic Americans Mm -hmm. into silence.
1: Well, yeah, uh, I, would, I, I don't want this to happen to Tulsi Gabbard at all. Uh, Seth, there is that whole annoying thing about some people falling into silence next to the Clintons, and I'm sort of joking a little bit, kind of maybe I'm joking, sort of, uh, a little bit. Uh, I don't want that to happen to Tulsi Gabbard, not joking about that. This is the state the Democratic Party. It's incredible. And the, the, the superdelegate process still exists that in the party of the little people, superdelegates... The rich people, the donors, have 10 times, 15 times as much power as the voters. I bet Dave in Tilton, New Hampshire, knows a little bit about this. Dave, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. Sod Herman filling in. Welcome, Dave. No, I, uh, the
0: Democratic superdelegate process is broken, and it mirrors Adam Schiff's current comments that uh, Republican votes don't count, and uh, voters can't be trusted, and the, the process can't be trusted. I live in New Hampshire where Bernie smoked Hillary by 23 points. But all four of our New Hampshire delegates gave their superdelegate votes to Hillary, and she won the state. I went to work the next day and told all my Bernie bro friends of this, and they were unaware of it. So they're sticking it to their fellow Democrats. Why should we even begin to trust them to count our votes when they don't even count the votes in their own party? I think Gene Shaheen is very vulnerable if somebody calls her out on this, she's up for a big election in this state, and we have all four, and she's vulnerable this time. And I'd love to see Trump or somebody go after this with this point exactly.
1: I, I would love to see them uh, explain in detail to the voters uh, that, that they're screwed in this way in terms of the superdelegate process, because you explained it very, very well. There was uh, a project we did years ago that didn't get published because people got cold feet, uh, where we went to some golf courses that were owned by one of the big unions and we took some of the members to these golf courses and we took hidden cameras and we had the guys go up and, and present their union cards and asked if they could golf there and they learned to their amazement that no, they, they were not allowed to golf there. Those were only for the union executives Right? So the same thing applies here to this uh, process of superdelegates. It would be really, really smart to start to dig into that on how they're being screwed and, how they, uh, and and being abused by the powers that be in the Democratic Party. That's a great call, Dave. I appreciate it very, very much. Um, have you had a, an attempt to get people to listen to Russia's show that, that are liberal? i got to tell you, go out and get the Limbaugh letter. okay? Because you'll have folks come by your house. Um, have the Limbaugh letter sitting out. And like, Get a collection of them at RushLimbaugh.com. Set them on your beautiful coffee table. Have them there as at least points of conversation. You will find that when people pick up the Limbaugh letter and they experience Rush in writing, they're experiencing a guy obviously with a huge intellect, a beautiful command of the language, but also interesting approaches to interviews. And they'll, they'll be embarrassed when they realize what they're reading. right? But it's an opportunity to turn them on to Rush in his way of thinking. You get that at RushLimbaugh.com. It's also a conversation starter with your friends to try to bring them over to the right side. Let's go to the phones. Bill in Boston, Massachusetts, you are on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Hi, Bill.
6: It's a it's a pleasure to talk to you, Todd. Thank you. I got a quick uh, Rush Limbaugh story. And uh, my ex-wife and I took my son up to UMass Amherst to drop him off about maybe six years ago. And we move him in, and this she was my ex at the time, so it has nothing to do with us getting divorced. So... We drop him off. We're on our way back. It's about one o'clock in the afternoon. And I ask her, I said, Do you mind if I put Rush Limbaugh on? She goes, No, I hate him. He's a Nazi. And I'm thinking, What? I said, Have you ever listened to him? No, I don't have to. And I said, Well, you know what? I'm going to put him on anyway. And if he says anything Nazi, then I'll shut him off. I'll tip <laughs> my hat to him and say, You actually made your mind up on your own. <laughs> and I put it on. And she puts her hands over her ears and says, (laughs) I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I mean, like a five-year-old. And this is no dummy. This is a B.C. grad, B.C. law school, Phi Beta Kappa. And this is what we're dealing with. Well, look, when people don't, when they are so
1: afraid of an idea uh, that they can't have a discussion about it, um, what they're really showing, of course, is the fear that their notion of themselves is going to fall apart. If you have a it's notion so like about you. Right. It's like yes. that's, that's what it is. It's that there is a fear that they have a sense that their definition of themselves is weak. Therefore, they won't expose themselves to anything different. That's a great call, Bill. Thank you very much for uh, calling Russia's program. Mark in Grand Rapids, Michigan, you are on the Russian program. It's Todd Herman filling in. I'm glad you called, Mark. Go ahead.
4: Hey, thanks for the taking the call. Hey, I, I wanted to let everybody know that while this, Uh, Democratic National Circus is going on in Washington. In 40 days, Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff are up for re-election. March 3rd of 2020, they're up for re-election. Jerry Nadler is June 23rd, in five months from today. And this whole circus has taken the the focus off from quietly letting this thing play out, and all of a sudden they get re-elected. And we need to become more offensive as conservatives and say, we got to get out into their districts, let their uh, constituents know in the, in the districts there that they need to start waking up and taking action to get other candidates up that are running against them, get them on the news, get their point of views out because our people are, are silently being kept in the dark by not having any of this knowledge and, Frankly, I think this is breaking news to have people aware that in 40 days, these two corrupt politicians that have been in for years and years and years are going to be up for re-election, and nobody is talking about it. Not the big news. Well, you know what, Mark? The Conservatives.
1: In the biggest radio show in history, you just did it. And you did something that we conservatives need to do more of. You devised an action plan. And I want to thank you for it, Mark. That is a great, great thing you just did. Thanks for listening to Rush's show. It's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. It's Todd Herman filling in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Huge, amazing honor. And uh, all the more so that I get to chat with you on the phones. Not on the phones. Thank you for that. Young people uh, in this country are growing up seeing an impeachment based upon no crimes. That the party that wants to impeach saw some behaviors. They thought we can make hay out of this. So they turned those behaviors into non-crimes. In other words, they have created a definition for something. And this is something they're doing to young people around the country. They created new definitions for what it is to be male or female. And there are people who are being harmed by this, deeply harmed, deeply hurt by this. Young people being put in pain. Uh, by this they have in fact invented a new definition for life it is whatever they mean it is or whatever they decide it is democrats have decided life begins when we say it begins that is very close to saying you are a person only if we say you are a person very close to that so this impeachment thing where there is no crime there's nothing in the federal registrar it is democrats feelings we have a young you know, group of people who are being brought up now where reality is what the rulers say it is. This is beyond concerning because this is is outside of the law. You have the government saying reality is what we say it is. Further, you have the left saying to young people, hey, if you want to have sex at the age of 11 or 12, that's cool. That's good. Your parents won't like it, but we'll, we'll help you with that. There's states like Washington State, and in Washington State, there's two bills that would allow your kids to have access to Planned Parenthood type so-called healthcare clinics. They intend to put on the school grounds that your kids can secretly attend without you because the left wants to be the fun parents. The parents say, oh, sure, go have all the sex you want. Just use, you know, use Planned Parenthood for the outcome, right? So they're changing definitions. They're changing meanings. And the overall thrust of this is reality is what we say it is. That is so incredibly dangerous to society that one party says, forget material biological reality. Forget that it is what we say it is. Forget what your parents tell you it is what we say it is, etc. Forget the need for laws to prosecute a president. We say it's abuse of power. Richard from Gilbert, Arizona, you're on the Rush Limbaugh program. It's Todd Herman filling in. Welcome to the
6: program, Richard. Hi. (laughs) Right, Todd, you're doing a great job. She said very briefly state what you have to say, and I'll do it as a recovering elected official and a city councilman. I'd awesome. encourage in some segment you would dedicate to this good guys to run for office. We need them more than ever. The, the young people, the people of integrity and conservative values, they are discouraged by the behaviors of the bad guys. Don't be discouraged. It's a duty, opportunity, obligation. Run for office. Get elected. We need you desperately.
1: Absolutely well said, Richard. I want to take off of what you said. I want to thank you for the call, and thank you for, thank you for waiting on hold. Let me just say this about what Richard's saying to the young people around the country listening to Russia's show. He's absolutely right. Now, running for office, I want you to promise yourself some things. Start small. Do it today. Find the office you can fill today. Can I tell you one of the most important offices you can fill? You're going to laugh at me. School board. Because the battle, the left has won the college-level institutes. They're in now the elementary schools. Okay? They are now coming for your kids in the elementary schools in ways I just discussed, putting Planned Parenthood clinics in the schools themselves so your kids can secretly go there. Right? They're coming for your kids. So if you're young, get on the school board. Change that. Don't let those things happen. If it's not the school board, get on the planning commissions. Planning commissions are being used to turn entire cities into homeless camps. Get on those commissions and work your way up from there. Make yourself a promise. Make yourself this promise if you run for office that you will never, ever violate 10 principles. Write out what they are. Put them on a wall on a plaque with a mirror Look at that every time you walk into your office. For instance, you'll never take a bribe. Put it on a plaque, put it in your office, and give them to your friends with not a mirror on it, a picture of you. And you say to your friends, whenever I do this, if I ever do these things, you tell me. And if you ever know you do them, and you see yourself in the mirror, drop out of office. But run. That's actually right. Paul in Savannah, Georgia, you're on Rush Limbaugh program. Todd Herman filling in for Rush. Hi, Paul.
2: Yes, sir. We need to take away the audience of the angry, hateful Democrats. And that audience are the people who are watching CNN, MSNBC, and National News. We want everyone to switch to the web channel, And if we get thousands (laughs) or millions of people to switch to the weather channel, before you go to work in the morning, turn it on at home, turn the volume down. When you get to the office, turn on the weather channel, deprive them of their audience, and they will know it when the uh, ratings numbers yep. for the Weather Channel go from 5 million viewers <laughs> to 500 million viewers and just take the audience away from the hate
1: and the uh, I love it. conspiracy. I, I love it. Well said, Paul. Thank you very much. Make sure that you listen to Rush's show before you do that. Of course, it's Todd Herman in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB Network. Oh, what a great honor to fill into the, the Rush Limbaugh show today. My name is Todd Herman and I appreciate it. Rush is going to be back tomorrow. Uh, which is huge for the country and all of us. So I'll be listening. I know you will. Hey, just some thoughts on uh, young people running for office in the situation in which we find ourselves. Uh, with this impeachment going on, one thing that is bound to happen and literally will occur is a reamplification of the Trump enthusiasm that stunned the world. Because what Washington, D.C. is doing, and the Democrats are doing, and the media is doing, they're absolutely blind to the fact that they are reanimating people, rededicating people to vote for Donald Trump in ways they can't even understand. I tell you this because I've worked with them. The people in the liberal media have no concept of how well you know their game. I promise you this. They have no concept of how furious you are, that you know they're trying to... Pick your next president. They don't know how smart you are. I am telling you this from personal experience. So they can't see coming what is coming, right? And that is when you take to your friends and your allies and you say the media is trying to pick our president, the Democrats are impeaching us, not just the president of the United States, you're going to affect another enormous change, So I hope that you will do that and take action, not just talk about things. Take action. I want to thank Team EIB, Rush Limbaugh, the entire EIB network for letting me fill in and chat with you today. It's Todd Herman. has been my honor to fill in for Rush Limbaugh on the EIB network.